you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B and J Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show today. We are going to be talking with Patty Garibay, who is the founder and executive director of American Heritage Girls, AHG. And uh, I was reading some of her comments that she recently made talking about diversity and how we talk to our girls about diversity. And um, I thought, we need to talk to her. This is good. <laughs> this is this is really good. I don't meet very many people who just boldly say, don't tell your kids not to see color. Mm. Like I don't, I don't meet very many people who are willing to put in the work to even explain that. Like, like, so the statement is not made and which I think that most people would agree with this statement, Mm -hmm. but it's not made often because it would require explanation. Mm -hmm. And so it's just easier. Most people say, well, I don't see color. I don't see color. And I'm like, man, please see color. Right. Like, right. You know, this God is made the it that gift. That, yes. Yeah. Like you're you're we have allowed our culture to turn us <laughs> into people who just we're like gripped with fear all the time. Like right. we're just like, you know, are gripped by fear all the time. Like we, we can't process. And and right. so I say um, see color. Now, I understand what people mean. What they're right. saying is right. I'm not making a judgment about a person based on their skin shade. I'm mm-hmm. not. I, but, but hey. You can see a person's skin shade. Yeah. You you can notice that. Like, I mean. I hope so. <laughs> and I use the example often. And and this is, you know, we're going to get into the discussion. I, there's something else I want to double back to before we do. Um, but I use the example often that the beauty of what God has given us and the way that he's designed all of the different skin shades. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, all shades of brown. All various shades of brown. Mm-hmm. Right. Um this is amazing what God yeah. has done yeah. from the first two people. Right. Right. From the first two. Do you do you know the kind of genetics? Do you know what has <laughs> to be coded in two people to have all of this range? Unless, of course, you don't believe it. Mm. <laughs> well. And let, let let the organ play kind of like the do 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 like I don't know what that's called I think it's not like not it's, the church organ what is that no, called it's like a horror movie yeah well, well <laughs> I was thinking Phantom of the Opera okay yeah, yeah. like right. that whatever is that a pipe organ yeah is that what pipe it's called? organ well okay that could be in Anyways. churches too that, oh okay certain churches but anyway but you're right that's what I heard in my you're mind. right that you know that I think one of the things that the enemy tries to do is to uh, distort what God has made, you know, and, yeah. and try to flip it and say, oh, no, this mm-hmm. is bad when God said mm-hmm. it is good. Come we on. talked about this as it concerns diversity, you yes. know, which is yes. a God thing. It's a good thing, Amen. you know, but Amen. because of culture and the things that happen. Now we can't talk about now it. Now we can't talk about it. Oh, we, <laughs> we got the world like, have it. Yeah, we let we let them have it. We and let so, them have it. You know, even the same thing with, with this, with different shades. I mean, come on, you know, this when, is yes. When you're driving, you know, in the in the. In the 
and the the seasons are changing and you Come see on. you know down the Natchez Trace yeah those trees some are yeah. orange and the, yeah. the the leaves are purple all all those things God made that you and know? imagine you drive down the trace and and you're like man I don't see color right you're like you're like they're just trees that'd be a boring they're ride. just trees to me because you got to go color. like fifty miles an hour so. You got to look at something. <laughs> You've got to look at something. <laughs> no, I really do. I liken it to going to like um, some sort of botanical garden and and walking through it. And you've got all of these amazing flowers with all of these beautiful colors in these flowers. And you just walk through and you're like, they're all just flowers to mm. me. It's like, okay. So why are you there? Yeah, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> they are flowers. But man, they're beautiful. And look right. at all of the... The vibrant colors and look yeah. at the differences in the shapes and the sizes of the yeah. flowers and and all of this is beautiful. I mean, we could just have one type of we could just have one flower. Man. Right. Yeah. But man, God displays his glory mm. and not just giving you one flower, like all of these different mm. types of flowers. And and anyway, um, but I, I think when it comes down to people, we have allowed um, just the fallenness of man to infiltrate the church and, you know, unlike we're supposed to be, which is salt and light, we're supposed to charge into darkness with truth. We don't do that. We we are overcome by the darkness. The darkness overcomes us. It's not supposed to because we're supposed to have the light. Right. Amen. We're supposed to drive out the darkness and, and driving out the darkness. That means that you have to engage culture mm-hmm. and you have to say those things that are um, sometimes not all the time. You don't want to be, you know, honorary just to be honorary. But right. if something is countercultural, then so be it. You, right. But you have to align with the word of God. And God has given us this diversity. Like he He has given us all of these different skin shades and all of the variations in the ways that we look. And yet in the body of Christ, we just um, we remove ourselves from the conversation mm. and let the world take it. And you see what they do with it. Right. You see what they do. I mean, <laughs> we remo- we absent ourselves right. and then we let them take over the conversation. And they're like, oh, you guys. You're not going to talk about it? Okay, yeah. great. So then they, they go into fairy tale land. Right. And they say, because really what you all just came from monkeys. Man. And, and, so, and so really what you're looking at. This, so, so when you, when you a- listen, <laughs> when you absent the truth from a conversation and you mm-hmm. let ignorant people have it. Right. <laughs> and I don't mean that as a pejorative. I mean, you let people who really don't, don't know, know. They don't, don't know. know. Right. Yeah, yeah, the that, knowledge of God is the beginning of wisdom. And that's the thing. Think about a lot of conversations that we have had to ha- have. Like, you know, lately, you know, yes. some of these things that the world really has pushed upon the church and said, you got to talk about this. You got to. If we had the biblical worldview, a lot of those conversations would be very short. But we would go to scripture. That's right. And we will see what the word of God says and we'd be like, oh, OK. Yep. We got yep. it it's right here. It's in the book. And, and, and more people would be equipped. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. More, we more have people to, would be equipped to have the conversation. We I'm have sorry. to go. go and I'm just saying we have to go to the straight edge of scripture. We have to understand what the word of God is saying because a lot of this stuff that we're uh, discussing and dealing with, man, the Bible has already laid out what it's supposed to be and what it's supposed to be for us and how we're supposed to live and think about these things. And, and it should be very comfortable for us. And, and though the concepts, let me, let me say this in many instances, what we are trying to describe to people in, in some ways can be described as supernatural for us who are born again, it should be natural. Mm. It should be our new natural. Do you understand our mm. new nature, right? Mm-hmm. So that we can describe things in an eternal sense. We can describe things um, in light of what God has revealed to us about, about himself. So it's not something that 
um, becomes uncomfortable for us. Because again, if I could just double back to this point, if you, as the person who is supposed to be salt and supposed to be light, if you absent yourself from conversations that are happening in the world that have something to do about what God says about himself, like it has something to do with, with him. Mm -hmm. Right. So these are not conversations that they're like, these conversations are absent of God. Like they're just, they want to absent God. Right. But these conversations cannot be had without God. Right. You and, and so here here you are. You've been entrusted with truth. You're supposed to be there bringing truth to the conversation, but you keep your mouth closed. Mm. So now you've got these very unlearned people. Right. Saying ridiculous things right. like, well, you know, skin shades and colors. Right. Um, that's really based on, uh, you know, evolution and where people are on the, you and know, how human the, you are. <laughs> Oh, come on, the most man. Human to, yeah, it's ridiculous. It and ridiculous. yet, and yet we've got CRT being taught in schools, but they won't get rid of evolution. Mm. I don't understand. That just shows that there is a selective <laughs> outrage. That just shows people, people give a lot of thought to what they're going to be outraged about. You're and right. then they are outraged about it. You're That's right. why I can't, I can't with these people as we talked about. All right. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about diversity. We're going to talk about training, our girls, um, Christian girls in today's culture. And I think it's going to be a great conversation. I'm really looking forward to that. Before we get into it, I want to double back to yesterday. Yesterday we talked about the um, the high calling of singleness. Yes. And uh, just kind of wanted to, to remind every single believer that you're not less than because you're not married, um, that the Lord sees you and that the Lord loves you and that you are useful in the body of Christ. You're not a child because <laughs> you're not married. Yeah. Right. Like there's not there's not some sort of deficit. There are not issues that you can't speak to. They're not. Now, I will say this, though, unless you are a child. Right. Married. And single. Right. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to I was going to make a joke about the kinds of comments that you and you and I even had these kinds of comments before we had children about like how our children. And so my kids will never do this <laughs> and then they're never going to do yeah. this. And so that I kind of don't want to hear from a single non-parent. Like I kind of that I I love you, but I don't want right. to. Like when people are like, there, "Well, you know what that. you ought to do." Uh, uh-uh. nah, <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. Because you have all of these things. You're like, my kid's never gonna eat sugar, like artificial right. sugars. No like no, it's gonna always be fruit and veggies. <laughs> and then and then you hit that one moment where you're try like you're just wanting the kid just eat anything. <laughs> you're get, you you just bring them anything because you just need to know mm. that there was something consumed that day. <laughs> Um, and strangely enough, the pickiest of eaters always can eat like candy. Like they right. never, they, why? <laughs> Can't eat anything else. Right. But candy, cookies. Give right. Me some, you know, like what, what, why is that? Why day. is it that the kid always inspects like the real good food and they're like, like <laughs> but it's like they have a sixth sense about something that is artificial and, and not productive for their health. <laughs> right. They're like that. Give it oh to my me. Goodness. Anyways. Um, okay, so yesterday, before yes. we run out of time in this segment, we got an email from our brother David who brought some insight that I thought is really great mm-hmm. um, for the conversation yesterday. And so I wanted to share his email with you. He wrote yesterday, Will and Miki, thank you so much for your special episode regarding singles today. This was written yesterday. As a single, I appreciate that you stress the importance singles have in the body of Christ. Absolutely. Uh, continuing, there is something that was not mentioned that is very important. Singles want to be included socially, especially for those who are introverts versus extroverts. Clicks are too frequent in the church. Let me repeat that line. Clicks are too frequent in the church. If I could just say to our brother David, 
I because I don't want to take away from what he's saying in this email, but I want to say that there would be some married couples who would agree with you, who would give you a hear here on yeah. that. So just to yeah. let you know. Anyway, I'll continue on. He said, I want to give you a personal example. I'm an introvert and I live by myself, no roommates. However, I feel it is important to be a part of a ministry no matter where I am. I currently teach a children's class. I arrive at church an hour before class, before many members arrive, in order to prepare last minute things for my class and present when the kids arrive. After class, I hurry up and clean up before the main church service starts. All the pastors are like, where you live, David? <laughs> we need about 10 of you all, all, all the sheep snatchers they're like hey wait a minute david you sound like a, a model member anyway i'll continue on immediately after church members go directly to their cliques mm. there are many weeks that my only interaction is with the kids in my class this kind of this kind of made me sad to read guys i gotta tell you he says with this said the church needs to understand why singles leave the church they want to feel like they belong I enjoy what I do and the Lord blesses me greatly. The church just needs to realize that singles want to feel valued, not only in ministry, but as a person. Mm. Again, thank you so much for this episode focusing on singles. Um, man, David, so this, this, this email really struck me because I, I thought, you know, I bet if this were communicated largely, like in the church today, I bet there would be many members who would feel like, man, I didn't even realize I was doing that. You know what I mean? I yeah. think there'd be many people because here's what I think happens. And, 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 and well, the great, I'm, I'm open to hear what you think on this as well. I know mm -hmm. we're ahead to the break here quickly, but I think what happens is that people tend to tend to think that where we have the most in common, we'll enjoy each other's company the most. Mm. So if you have married couples, they tend to think, oh, well, let's link up with married couples and let's do this and, and, and married couples with young kids, married couples with older kids, married couples with kids who are outside of the house. And so you, you start to think, well, this is going to be. But I think really what could happen is that we could begin to see people sort of like not just in the groups that we think they should be put in. Mm, right. So I think yeah. I think what our brother is saying here is that maybe married couples need to consider saying Hey David, you want to come have lunch with us? Yeah. No, I think hey, that's right. hey David, you want to come have dinner over at our house? What about this weekend? We're making breakfast. Do you want to come eat with us? It's going to be loud because I think there are also some assumptions. Right. That married couples with kids. I know I do. I make some assumptions about singles. I don't know if Jeff wants to come over while we got like six kids. Right. Man. I don't know. <laughs> he over here laughing. Because he's like, he's like, he's like, I'm coming, but only for 30 minutes. Right. The time it There's takes me so to eat a pancake, take, you know, that's it. You, you kind of think about that. Eat the pancake, <laughs> drink some orange juice and I'm out. That's it. I'm not hanging out with y'all all day, but I'll come for 30 minutes. I understand I that, Jeff. I'm not say, mad at you. He never came over. I invited him, but it's all good. That's, be that's because, that's because, see, I was not cooking bacon. Anyway. All right. We got to grab the break. Aaron, the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. I think I'm going to begin um, a national day um, once a year, like a national holiday. I'm not exactly sure what I will call it. It might be taken but, already. Oh, I hope not. There's so many of them. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe not this one. Okay. Excuse me. Um, this is, I, I, I don't know. This may not have a ring to it, but I'm thinking something like 
National See an Introvert Day, like where <laughs> all of the introverts, you know, you, you, you have to actively go out of your way. Because the thing about being an introvert, right, is that you're not going to say to anyone, hey, I want to come out and eat with you. Right. Right. Like that's right. an introvert's not, not going to do, do that. that. No. So you the extrovert has to do it like the extrovert has to notice and recognize that the introvert is, though, seemingly disconnected, um, really longing to be connected. Ah. Right. And okay. so if there if there were like a day. <laughs> And I hear our I hear our brother David saying, I don't want to be your project me. <laughs> but you're not alone. You're um, not the only introvert out there. <laughs> Will the great J Mac, they're all introverts. No, J Mac um, not introvert. Yes, he is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, he totally. said okay, he said a little bit. Okay. He yeah. I mean, I can spot an introvert from a mile away. And that's about how far they get to me. About a mile, and then that's it. I'm not, um, I'm, I'm, I don't Well, you'd have no choice. No. Okay, let's mm-mm. let's move on. <laughs> let's I don't move accept on those labels. Okay. Well, I mean, right. I'm just playing. Go okay. <laughs> Good grief. I don't know if I always feel like in moments like this, I want to know if our guest does marriage counseling. Patty <laughs> has been married for a really long time. She's got kids and grandkids. And I just maybe she could offer some help for for right now, this marital situation that we're having. <laughs> Patty, Patty Garibay is the founder and president of American Heritage Girls. We're going to talk about this organization, the incredible work that she's doing mm. um, to help train and equip girls of faith, girls who love Jesus and are able to live counterculturally. We're going to talk specifically um, about where she's been, her focus this month, as we talk about diversity and what the Lord wants us to see as we see each other's differences. I thought this was uh, so profound for her to just kind of charge into this uh, topic with a biblical perspective. (laughs) Like we don't have to be afraid to talk about diversity because the Bible already gives us a blueprint. Patty, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I am great. It's a pleasure to be with you guys. I don't know that I can help you all. It sounds like you're a very normal couple. So. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's what we all want. We just want to be normal. Yes. Um, Patty, right. <laughs> I was hoping you could do several things. I was hoping you could tell our audience a little bit more about American Heritage Girls and, and kind of go back. I don't know how far you go back when you start talking about Um, this organization, but I'd love for you, because I heard you talking about this in an interview you did, and I thought, man, I want to make sure that that information gets included, how the Lord actually led you to start American Heritage Girls, your response to taking a stand in culture, your response to saying that, yes, um, Jesus matters. That's, I think that's, that's so important. Absolutely. Um, Golly, it started a long time ago. You're absolutely right. Uh, my kids were born all the way in the early 80s, all through the 80s. And so we have four children, my husband and I, and we've been married for 43 years. And um, during that time of, of raising my my daughters, three daughters and a son, um, I was very involved in the Girl Scouts for my daughters. I couldn't wait to do Girl Scouting. My mom had been my leader. I couldn't wait to share the gospel with girls through the Girl Scout program. And so I became a leader in the Girl Scout organization, actually led three different troops because my daughters were of three different age groupings. And so I was ultra involved. I also was what's called a delegate, and I served on the area um, committee for, for delegates. And so I knew more than the average Joe about the Girl Scouts. And I brought my ministry into that, and all was well and good until 1993. 
And that is when the Girl Scouts USA decided to make a change in the Girl Scout promise to no longer mandate an oath to God by the girls, but Mm -hmm. instead, atheists could now be part of the Girl Scouts. You can put whatever word you want in the place of God, or you could keep in God. Well, when we discovered this, my husband did one of those, you know, those proverbial, um, what are you going to do about that little nudge kind of thing? What are you going to do about that? And I said... I said, honey, I'm, I'm going to be, this is on the evening news. This was big news back then that the Girl Scouts were doing this after 100 years. They mm-hmm. were changing their oath. And he said, what are you going to do about it? And I said, well, honey, I'm, I, we're still going to have, we're going to have God in our promise. And we're still going to, I'm going to teach him Christian values and it's it's going to be okay. And he looked at me and you know how, how our hubbies mm-hmm. can do this, right? Mm-hmm. He looked at me and he said, no, really, what are you going to do about it? Wow. And I'm like, well, first of all, I'm going to pray because I am a very busy mom of four mm-hmm. kids. You're working all the time. You're traveling all the time. How in the world am I going to do anything about this? Wow. So what we did is we raised, and, and I, I wrote a book about this called Why Curse the Darkness When You Can Light a Candle. Mm-hmm. And what to, to think about a mama literally around the kitchen table with some friends taking on the Girl Scouts USA. And what they're standing for, that's what we did. We started to raise an awareness campaign in our communities and attempted to change the Girl Scouts agenda, which I had no idea that snowball had been beating down the hill for years prior Mm -hmm. when there were people like Betty Friedan, who, you Mm -hmm. know, started the now movement. Mm -hmm. She was on their board of directors, Janet Reno. You have these types of people running the Girl Scouts USA. And I here in Cincinnati, Ohio, this little Christian mom with four kids (laughs) thinking she can make a difference. Well, I couldn't, but the Lord could. Okay. And the Lord did. He brought the people around that kitchen table, proverbially a kitchen table. Mm -hmm. And we created a program, a ministry that Mm -hmm. girls could engage in, that use scout-type methods so the girls could set goals, earn badges, learn life skills, but all around a Christ-centered biblical worldview foundation. (laughs) And that was supposed to just be a few years, you know, just till my Uh kids got through their formative years. And here we are in, uh, what, 2022, and this this program is flourishing due to the Lord's faithfulness. Wow. That's amazing. So you guys, it started in 1995 officially, is that right? That's correct. That's correct. 1995, Mm -hmm. and it's in all 50 states. You've got tens of thousands of girls globally involved in this give okay so this blows my mind right kudos to your husband right praise the lord that your husband was like what are you gonna what are you you gonna do right um and and even i would say even that he saw something that maybe he saw an ability that the lord would grace you with or had graced you with that maybe you didn't even see in yourself but praise god because so many lives have been impacted because of your obedience right? And your willingness. So talk a little bit about American Heritage Girls. So what do the girls do? How do they earn their badges? What are the opportunities? How might some of our listeners learn more and get involved? Absolutely. We call it AHG, American Heritage Girls. AHG, it's it's really the premier faith-based scout-side character development program for girls. And what we do is we are dedicated to the mission of building women of integrity Mm -hmm. through service to God, family, community, and country. And we are across the nation. We form troops 
which is, you know, groups of girls, and we charter with churches. And so some of these troops, dependent on the size of the church, can be 40 to 50 to even 100 girls in one troop. that really are making a difference in their community and for that church. So the girls participate in badge programs and service projects. It's a big piece of what we do that helps the girls to determine vocations and where they have a passion, right? There's leadership opportunities so the girls understand that they have influence. Is it going to be a positive or negative influence? And how do you develop that positive influence into leadership opportunities? Outdoor experiences, which really help the girls to understand the beauty that God has given us through the gift of nature, and this Mm -hmm. all has an emphasis on Christian values, and we encourage the entire family to be involved. And we've got five program levels for girls ages 5 to 18 years old. So think about all of girlhood, like your daughters could be an American Heritage girl at any age, and then you too could, could be a volunteer, your hubby could help as well, and then we are a bookend program. We help to develop a new program for the boys because during the years 2009 to 2013, we were partners with the Boy Scouts of America. They made their membership change. As you know, their membership mm-hmm. standard change. Mm-hmm. As a result, we were now called to help to start a boys program, and that's Trail Life USA. Yeah. So together, AHG and Trail Life create a wonderful family ministry that can help disciple people in your church while empowering these girls to understand that it's not girl power, but it's the Holy Spirit's Amen. power in the girl. Amen. And it's so beautiful, so Amen. beautiful Amen. to see Patty. what God does with that. Patty, I don't know if that's a coined <laughs> phrase that you have there. I don't know, but it's brilliant. Well, I use it a lot. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's it. Could you just restate that? Because that you see girl power on every shirt. Hmm. It's, it's everywhere. Yeah. But I think what you said hits the nail right on the head. Absolutely. It's not girl power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit in the girl that makes the difference. Amen. Okay. Yeah, we got, yeah, that's got to be on a few t-shirts, Patty. I mean, that's got, that's, I need that, I need that hanging in like a Walmart somewhere just so that, you know, so we can have, I don't know. I don't know. I, I like I'll talk that. to my people. I'll talk to my people over at Walmart okay, and see. Please do. What they, I don't have any people, Patty. I'm sorry. Okay. But back to the program. <laughs> Just a regular mom. Back to the program. Uh, one of the things that really grabbed me um, that you're doing is kind of rushing out into the fray. And I think this is a part of what it looks like to equip godly young women, right? That there's not a topic that we shy away from. Mm. In our culture today, Amen. diversity um, and and what we would describe as racism Um, We call it partiality. These things become hot button topics. And sometimes Christians find themselves retreating. But you're saying we should not retreat from this conversation that we've got to charge into the fray with truth. Mm. What does that look like at AHG? Well, for us, it always starts with Scripture, right? I mean, because Amen. we are Christ-centered, we have a biblical worldview, it's got to start with Scripture. And, and one, one of the scriptural references I find so, so enlightening is in John 17, uh, 21, when, when Jesus is talking about that they all may be one as you, Father, are mm. in me and I in you. Mm. So talking about the fact that we share the same blood, that we share the same faith, that we are united in Mm -hmm. those things that we have in common, and we can celebrate those things that we don't. What beautiful, 
the fact that the Lord has made all these races across his globe, that's part of his beauty. That's part of his creative nature. And to say that we're colorblind or that we don't want mm. to see that, I want to see Amen. each individual girl as yes. God has uniquely designed her. That divine design is so critical. And so what we want to do is not to say colorblindness, is, but rather, yes, racial diversity is a reality, and it's something to be celebrated because it is a uniquely human condition that the Lord mm-hmm. has created in his in his beautiful way that he does these things. And so we celebrate. Um we celebrate that. We celebrate um Christian people that are of 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 great merit. Um for one of the people that we celebrate within our program is Harriet Tubman. It's literally mm-hmm. a, a she is a level award namesake we call her, meaning that the pioneer age girls, which is that junior high, that real awkward age, you know, that twelve to fourteen mm-hmm. year age. Yeah. Where Harriet Tubman is 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 their their person to look up to, and what we love about Harriet, I love so many things about her. First of all, her bravery was unbelievable. The fact that she saw injustice and wanted to do something about it. The fact that do you remember the story of her being in a um, she was in a dry goods store and there was a angry guy that came to grab his slave labor that he wanted back, and he threw a two pound weight at, at the runaway but hit Harriet instead, which Mm. crushed part of her skull. And Mm. for two days, she lingered between life and death, and then she had epilepsy the rest of her life. She Mm -hmm. didn't use her disability as a reason for her inability to do what was right. Mm. So this is a question. You know, I I talk about Harriet Tubman, and I just get chills because what a role model for today's girls. And to talk about, you know, she is somebody that we strive to look so what we do is we have this level award that requires a leadership position for at least four months in your troop, completing 15 hours of service every year, a pioneer, to plan, organize, and implement a troop activity or event. And it helps these girls sort of prepare for our highest award, which is called the Stars and Stripes Award. But mm. we love the fact that we're able to honor Christian women that have made a difference. Some of them have not made huge difference, like Harriet Tubman is known, and she's even, what, on a $20 bill? I mean, she's got movies about her, but other ones that just are quiet and are still making their way. That's what we're hoping to raise up, a generation who is writing the history on a scroll today for tomorrow. And this investment, this investment in these girls is well worth it, wouldn't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Patty, look, I'm... I'm your newest fan. I don't. You know, <laughs> nice to meet you. You don't know me, but let me just say, I I could listen to you talk about this for hours. I really think the key to everything that you're unpacking here is being firm, firmly rooted in the scriptures. When That's we right. are firmly rooted in the scriptures, we can deal with any cultural issue that comes at us. We don't have to shy away from it. We don't have to kind of like hold our finger up to the wind and That's see right. which way the conversation is going. In fact, we can lead the conversation. I think Amen. not only are you doing that, but you're equipping girls to do it. And and this, I think this is wonderful. But Will the Great, I know you had a question as yeah, it's a question from one of the listeners. Uh, I was wondering if a 17-year-old could start an AHG, or is it too late if you're over a certain age? To start oh, one? absolutely not. Okay. It, she can definitely come in at 17. She could enjoy her final year, and if she loves it, and she probably will. She can then become what's called a leader in training mm-hmm. at the age of 19, and she can continue to minister to girls in this 
really, like I said, it's a well-formed, well-proven discipleship program okay. that creates this ministry doing life together. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, awesome. this is great. Awesome. Okay. And so where can our listeners go to learn a little bit more about AHG? You bet. AmericanHeritageGirls.org. You want to go there and get our free ebook on anxiety and fear for today's girls. And in a couple months, we're going to be have your guide to identity. You're going to love that one. Okay, when we come back from the break, I want to talk just a little bit about that. Just a little bit of kind of like looking ahead. This is Erin the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll be right back with Patty Garibay. Don't go away. Back to Aaron the Addison. Excuse me. On American Family Radio, I'm Nikki. And I'm Will, and as we are messengers with power. Um, we are joined by Patty Garibay, who is the founder and executive director of American Heritage Girls for more than two decades. She's been at the forefront the forefront. Man, my goodness. Really great. <laughs> I'm just gonna have to have you two. Hey, the rest of the program. She's need. been at the forefront of countering the culture by leading girls and women uh, and training them in how to create lives of integrity. And we're talking about diversity, but I kind of want to run the gamut here just a little bit because there's so many um, kind of hot button topics here that we are afraid to deal with. And, mm. and I think that that fear has taken really the truth out of the conversation. We, as those who follow the Lord, who are reading the scriptures, we have truth. So we should be engaging culture with that truth. Well, the great, you had another question. Yes. Another listener as uh, do adults have to have a daughter in AHG to participate. Mm-hmm. Uh, her daughters are all None. adults now and they're <sighs> in their thirties. <laughs> so, uh, oh, Will, I love that question, don't you? You yeah. know what that sounds like. That sounds like a, a grandma or a soon-to-be grandma who wants yeah. to give back and That's mentor wonderful. girls. And absolutely, we love those ladies. Those are perfect. Yes, absolutely. Okay, awesome. So I was thinking this um, before we went to the break here and uh, and then kind of just stewing over this in my mind, and I wanted to get your your comments on this. Patty, when we look at our culture, right, it, there seems to be this divide. And and I don't know if you've observed it or maybe you wouldn't put it in these terms. So I'll put it in my terms and then um, you can kind of reshape the conversation as you feel led. It seems that there is this false uh, choice that we have to make in culture. Either we're able to stand up and say, man, we love our country. We love America. Or you have to say, I love diversity. Mm. I, I, I love the fact that there's so many different people. And so I feel like we live in a very wicked culture that has created a false choice. We love our country and we love diversity. Diversity is a part of our country. But even deeper than that, it's a part of the heritage of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I think for us to be able to bring that to the forefront, as you're doing mm-hmm. with AHG, is so timely. And it's something that we cannot ignore. I agree 100% with you, Miki. I mean, honestly, this this division, you know, the Lord does not create division. He is a God of order. Mm-hmm. And this division comes from Satan himself. And so do not be fooled by it's an and or. 
You know, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's, it's both. It is, we are to be a nation under God, mm-hmm. one nation under mm-hmm. God, indivisible. We are to be united. That's good. I believe God's heart is breaking over what's going on in this country. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe the only way that we can turn the tide is to influence the young people to write a new scroll. It is, this does not have to continue this way. We must take some action, and we have to deal with these real issues. We can no longer slumber and say, I don't want to deal with that issue. I might, you know, there's something, I just did a, I love doing these Raising Godly Girl Minutes. I am so grateful yes. for American Family Radio for airing those. Yes. But yesterday I was recording one, and it was about the you-do-you mm-hmm. kind of mentality, mm-hmm. where, okay, you do what you want to do, and I'm going to do what I'm gonna, I want to do, and if I don't like what you're doing, I'm going to cancel you, and I'm not going to talk to you anymore. And that is happening all around this nation, yeah. and families. It's breaking apart families. It's mm-hmm. breaking about apart communities. We have got to understand that there's love and respect and understanding. And we, as Christians, have the unifying call, don't we? By, Amen. By, we are one in Christ. Amen. There That's should right. not be this division or an and or choice. It is yes and then some more. Amen. Amen. So, Patty, what does that look like? Um, with your troops all across this country, like what kind of active steps are your troop leaders taking to equip these young women to be able to engage in these conversations and, and even at a very basic level to live according to their convictions so that they are not sort of um, shy or timid in the culture? What does that look like? It looks like a lot of equipping, doesn't it? Yeah. So we are we equip our leaders through trainings and through events. We have conferences that together. This conference coming up in June is going to be fantastic. We're dealing with gender identity. <clears throat> We're dealing mm. with um, FOMO. We're dealing with um, depression, anxiety. Mm. Um, one of the things that we, we know very well is we are abreast of what's going on mental health-wise in this country, and it's mm-hmm. atrocious. It's a, it's due to our moral pandemic, and that is that one out of three girls is suffering from a diagnosed anxiety disorder. Now, that's diagnosed, mm-hmm. so you know it's higher than that. Mm-hmm. And so what we've developed is this Raising Godly Girls Guide to Fear and Anxiety, and our troop leaders will use this guide mm-hmm. as in devotionals before the beginning of the meeting or during the beginning of the meeting to bring up scriptural-based advice because, you know what, the Lord gave us this gift of the Word. And the word is relevant every day. I mean, the word deals with FOMO. The word deals with deals with um, depression and entitlement. It's all found in the word. And so what we've done with our Raising Godly Girls Minute in our blog Mm -hmm. is to pull these issues out. And your listeners can go to our website under blog and find out all. I mean, the the most recent thing is the dangers of unbridled expectations. We Mm talked about that. And that's that's a you know in a in a do now culture instant wow. instant everything right we've got to talk about delayed gratification and what does the word say about that so we empower our troop leaders and thus our parents right mm-hmm. um, through the raising godly girls blog and minute and these events that we do and as well as rich training for every adult that's involved in our program. You know, Patty, I think because of what the Lord has called you to do, what he's equipped you to do, you really have a front row seat to watching our nation form. Like you're you're watching these girls who are growing up 
And, you know, we used to always say they're the future of the nation, but really they're right now. Like they're, they're here. They're not just waiting sort of like to contribute. They're contributing. They have thoughts, they have opinions and the way they think on issues is being shaped in real time. I'm wondering if over the years you've seen or you've noticed a change in the way girls are engaging and interacting. Have you seen the effects of the culture in measurable ways in our young girls? Oh, it's helpful. It's astounding is what it is. To, to think about 25 years ago, the big issue was body image for girls. And mm-hmm. that remains. Don't get me wrong. That remains. But this epidemic of loneliness, mm-hmm. girls are lonely. They're addicted to social media. They're getting their relationships from social media. They're getting their identity and their self-worth from it as well. And so what I'm seeing is like when we go on camp out, the, the most scary thing for these girls is to put their phones in a basket for the weekend. Oh, that, that wow. That them out. <laughs> wow. And that was never an issue 25 years ago, right? I mean, they mm. might be homesick, but to, to leave that, that stupid <laughs> device in a basket for a weekend and develop <laughs> real relationships, that freaks them out. So mm. that's just one example. But this gender identity issue, yeah. it is it is unbelievable every turn every turn and it's affecting girls more than anyone Mm -hmm. not understanding if they're a girl or a boy you know all of this going on and it's happening with our christian girls too that's right that's right so my question is if you feel the liberty to share my question is how does ahg handle that i I would imagine that i'll speak for myself as a mom of two daughters 15 and 13 um you know one of my concerns is peer influence. And this used to be a big deal, right? That we would we would care about who our kids were in contact with because we knew that sometimes those influences can be so strong. They feel like those are their best friends. That's their circle. That's where they go to for advice. Um, but as we try to shape our children, we want them to lean on the word of God and we also want them to come to their parents. So I'm wondering how you guys um, equip troop leaders and even empower girls um, to be able to speak about these issues and not be influenced. Is that, does that ever become a tension there? It does. It does. Um, like one of the topics that we talk about in our Raising Godly Girl Minute in particular is find out which influencers are influencing your daughter. Mm. And that we talk a lot about the TikTok and the YouTube blog, vloggers and the Instagram models. And mm. those are all influencing, but also their peers and the importance of choosing godly friends. So through our curricula, we, because it's from based from a biblical worldview perspective, yes. we talk about choosing friends and how important that is, because you are absolutely right, Nikki. You're no longer the main influencer of your daughters at age 13 and 15. It mm. is their peers. And you can, inf- but she's still listening. Your daughters are still listening. I want to encourage you that way. Yes. <laughs> um, they may not identify that they are, but they are. <laughs> yes. and, and you've got to help them, guide them to godly friends. And that's another beautiful thing about the American Heritage Girl experience in that you've got a troop of like-minded girls whose parents care enough to even find out where there is a troop and put their That's daughters right. involved and, you know, and bring them every every week. But they have these friends that are like-minded that will be positive influencers and not the negative that they can find in other ways. So that helps a lot to get them wired with the right friends. 
But it's also very important for them to understand who they are, but moreover, whose they are. Hmm. And so their identity in Christ is what we talk about. And, and we do have a publication that comes out quarterly. The, the, the last one just talked about biblical femininity and about how our identity has been created by Christ and that he has woven us in our mother's womb to be uniquely feminine. And that doesn't mean frills and like the shop necessarily, okay? Hmm. But it does run a bit of a, you know, girlhood is, is not just just all in one box, right? And, and That's the right. Proverbs 31 woman is definitely one we want to strive for. And, and, and it's a complex, beautiful woman that doesn't just do a few frilly things on this side, right? Oh, that's right. so well said. Right. Yes, absolutely. Very good. Well, the great. Yes, I have a, another question from a listener, and maybe you can just point us to where to go. Uh, where to go? But are there groups in Houston, in the Houston area? Is there on your site? Is there a listing of the groups uh, so people can find them? Yes. Okay. There's lots of troops in Houston, so I'm thrilled for your caller. If if she goes to our site, AmericanHeritageGirls.org, she'll see in the top right um, box, it's a red box, it says find a troop. Mm. And you pop your zip code in there and you decide how long you want to drive to the local meeting. And you can um, put in 20 miles, 40 miles, whatever it might be, and you'll find your local troop. And right below that is start a troop. And again, what I mentioned, I think, earlier that we charter with churches that want to have a discipleship program for their for their daughters and their sons with the Trail Life organization, and they can start a troop and, and begin a legacy in their church and in their community, and really for the future of our girls to start a troop in American Heritage Girls. Imagine the impact that that could happen mm. if we all would just take that step of, of faithfulness and say yes to the Lord. This is just another one of those opportunities that we as believers have to not lose our kids to the culture. Like we, mm. we don't have to lose our kids to the culture. And this goes back to your earlier point. Uh, we don't have to curse the darkness. We can light a candle. And, and this is one of the ways yeah. that we can do that. I'm wondering just as in the last minute or so that we have here, when you think about American Heritage Girls and, and you think about the girls that have come through the program, the girls that are going through the program now and the girls that will go through the program, um, how do you summarize some of your greatest hopes for those girls? Oh, my greatest hope is really for them to understand that they are loved and they are loved uniquely and they are created uniquely and that God has a special plan for each individual's life and that perhaps they can discover some of those passions and skills through the American Heritage Girl program I've got such great stories about alumna. What a blessing to even have this exist this long, to see alumna. Mm -hmm. But I remember a young girl, her name is Esther from Colorado Springs, who first got her aviation badge when she was only in fourth grade. Today, she is a missionary aviator in Uganda. Now, wow. that's what this program <laughs> wow. can do. So so there's so much opportunity here. And, and what God has infused in here through his power of his Holy Spirit it's it's unbelievable. So I encourage your listeners to learn more at AmericanHeritageGirls.org. Mm. Patty Garibay, awesome. everybody. Patty, thank you so much. I have so enjoyed this conversation. I appreciate the work that you're doing and the difference that you're making in the lives of girls all across this country, not only you, but the troop leaders, because what I know, and I just want to say this, I think that most people will gather this from the conversation, but you are speaking on behalf of and representing 
uh, countless moms all across this country, right, and even around the world who oversee troops and who are taking girls to meetings every week, all of this in an effort to make sure that we solidify the faith that our girls have, that we prepare them for this culture, that we raise strong girls who are confident in the Lord Jesus Christ. Patty, thank you so much for this work. And thank you. And thank you for your work. God bless you and your listeners. God bless bless you. you. Patty Garibay, the founder and executive director of American Heritage Girls. You can learn more about American Heritage Girls by going to AmericanHeritageGirls.org. You can also listen listen to the race. It's not even Monday. I should be able to talk. (laughs) Tuesday. I've been talking for at least a whole day, right? Um, You can listen to the Raising Godly Girls (laughs) Minute. With Patty Garibay, it airs on 900 plus Christian radio stations, wow. and we are one of them. Yay. <laughs> so make sure you check that out. Again, go to AmericanHeritageGirls.org. Find out if there's a troop near you and get involved. I have to tell you. So right now here I'm sitting, I'm going, is this something that we can, can we do this? <laughs> can we swing it? Can we make it happen? I don't know. Mm. Will the great? We have to talk in prayer. We're talking. <laughs> <laughs> Brenda's like, yeah, we can do it. Bob's like, we're going to talk about it. We're going to just discuss it and we'll get back to everyone. All right. We're out of time until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless.